Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to No Chick Flick Moments, your one-stop shop for all your supernatural meta. <laughs> hello, I'm your co-host, Rumi. And I'm your other co-host, B. This is our Supernatural Watchcast. Are you ready to go? Yes. Today on the docket, we have Season 1, Episode 22, Devil's Trap. And it's the season finale! Woo-woo. We made it! Yay! And it was good. It was good, It's too. good. It still slaps. Like, 17 years on at this point, 16 years, it's still a banger. I mean, I don't remember TV being this good in 2006. But apparently... I mean, yeah, I don't remember TV in 2006. I remember Grey's Anatomy <laughs> in 2006, but that's probably just because it's been refreshing itself in my memory for the last, like, 18 years. <laughs> I need to catch up on season 15, and then season 16, I'm behind a little bit, so no spoilers. Oh, petit peu, yeah. It was always my treadmill show, and then I got plantar fasciitis, and I haven't been on the treadmill, so I haven't been watching my shows. Oh, I usually wait until it dumps, like, the entire season on Netflix, and I catch up that way. And I'm like, oh my god, there's so many things happening all the time on this show. <laughs> all my medical shows are my treat to myself for uh, for exercising, like a good Aww, girl. That's cute. I lay on the couch like I'm a <laughs> walrus outside of the Monterey Bay Aquarium. That's where they are, right? Or is that just sea lions? I don't even know. I don't know. So, Remy. So. <laughs> tell me the deets about this episode. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in this one. That's like Grey's Anatomy, right? I know. That helps too. I'm just like, Danny, how could you be mean <laughs> to your son in this fashion? <laughs> Look, today we're talking about episode 22, season one. Well, wait. Uh, we're talking about Devil's Trap today. And it was an episode that was written by Eric Kripke and directed by Kim Manners. The original air date, Kim Manners. The original air date was uh, May 4th, 2006. And the synopsis for this episode reads, On a mission to save their father from Meg, Sam and Dean seek help from an old family friend, Bobby. When Meg shows up on Bobby's doorstep, the brothers lure her into a trap and exercise the demon from her body after learning where John is being held prisoner. While trying to rescue John, the demon shows up and a full battle ensues between the Winchesters and the demon they have been searching for all their lives. But it's like a verbal battle. Yeah. <laughs> a battle of wits. <laughs> I was going to say a battle of bitchiness. <laughs> like, yeah. My pain's bigger than yours. I know. Are you the only one who's allowed to have a family? I'm like, you did not care about your kids. Do not try and convince me otherwise. Azazel. <laughs> but here we are. But here we are. So. B, what's the intro song? I don't get the intro song. What is do it? Do I know the intro song? No, I yeah. do not. I was like, it sounds like Rush. The companion book says it's not Rush. I think it's Frontier. That's as much as I know. Okay. I yeah. got I got some, again, some you know, free for use Spotify bullshit. SoundCloud. Some anemic thing bullshit. that Kripke hates. Yeah, unfortunately. And honestly... 
this episode, it's like the season finale, and I know that I'm not getting, this has been building, this has been building all season, you guys know this, when- We've been coming to this moment. (laughs) When this episode started with intro music that I know is not the real intro music, and ended with intro music, or ended with music that I'm sure did not have half the punch that it could have, it was the real Mm -hmm. music, this big dramatic finale Mm -hmm. moment- I was just like, what am I even doing here? What am I even... I'm going to have to go on Amazon and buy some DVDs. I don't even own a DVD player. What is my <laughs> life? I'm going to sail. I'm going to sail the seven seas, go visit some sites that I haven't had to resort to in many mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're still going to be a luck of the draw, whether they have put the official music tracks on there or if they had just ripped it from a different streaming site. I will search. I will find it. Last <laughs> week, I missed the first usage of Carry On. I And this week, the finale song, like, I texted you after I finished watching the finale and I was like, damn, this still slaps. And like, the song is so perfect. And then it took me a couple days to be like, oh, wait, Remy's not going to appreciate that. I really, after, I did not think that they're going to, that they would do that with Wayward. I thought that Wayward they would keep, which I don't know why I thought that. It's fucking Netflix. But it made me really sad Mm -hmm. to think that... People are watching this whole show. I mean, hell, I watched seasons, what, eight through ten on Netflix. I, I mean, not eight through, shoot, more like four through ten. Anyways, I, I've watched the majority of the series through Netflix, not even realizing what I was missing. And now I feel like I'm, like, really missing out. And I don't like it to be, I'm bitter you know what, Remy? When I come visit you, I'll bring the duplicates that I have. Because, you have like, okay, here's my story. Like, <laughs> 10 years before I even got into Supernatural, one of my cousins has was like, hey, we have duplicates of this show. Do you want it? And I was like, I don't even know what it is. And then they gave it to oh me, and it was God. Supernatural seasons one through four. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I don't know what this is. I don't watch this. I accepted it. And then, like I said, 10 years later, I get into it. So I already have, like, the OG DVDs. When they come in a big box, like, it looks like the thickness (laughs) of a novel, I got those extras that I can bring to you. And then all you have to do is get the DVD player, and then you can watch it on that. Oh. I wonder, Mm -hmm. I don't know... I don't, I, I would actually doubt that like a PlayStation 5 would play a DVD, but we, we might You'd have to find surprised. out. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Pop it in there, see if it screams, and if it doesn't, <laughs> then you probably can watch it. You'll be fine. We'll be fine. Well, well, I would appreciate that, so. Okay. We'll shake on I, it later. Yes. Yes. Help me remember, because otherwise I'll forget <laughs> when, when you come visit. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. No, but honestly, it, like it made me sad that I was like I'm not even really watching Supernatural without the music. And there's a whole subset of people, of fans that yep. haven't really watched Supernatural without the original music. And like and they don't a even know. large group of casual fans that don't even know that the music substituted. Like when I started watching on Netflix when it was still on Netflix Canada, it it went off before I could even finish like season 3. 
Um, I didn't know that the music was substituted, so I was just like, okay, yeah, this is what's playing. And then it took you and Jad to tell me that, no, there's different songs. You need to see what the originals are. And then I was like, oh my god, light bulb moment. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's quite the world we live in. I had a lot of, I had, I, I honestly, I had a lot of feels at the beginning of this episode about the music and then again at the end of this episode. And so mm-hmm. I think I'm, I think I'm literally at a breaking point here. We'll have to mm-hmm. see. We'll have to see. I'm sure there's like big box sets out there where you can get like all 15 seasons for like $300 or something like that, you know? I will look. I might not make it until you come to visit. I mean, we'll <laughs> see which r- runs out first, your patience or your <laughs> waiting for me to come visit. Uh-huh. My, <laughs> my wallet, maybe. <laughs> so, so what are we get into about? it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, The episode today, Devil's Trap, picks up where we left off last week, which is Meg picking up John's cell phone that Dean is calling, and we see not a trace of John um, where Meg is at. Yes. She says, oh, boys, you really screwed the pooch this time. You will never see your father again. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Click. And leaves Dean to just be freaking out, and he's ready to take the cult and storm off to the last known location where John was. But Sam is not as raring to just jump headfirst into what's going on. Well, he's also, Dean is also freaked to to hell. Yes. Because John, invincible... John Winchester has been captured by demons. Um, they are, Dean feels like they're sitting ducks and he says as much to Sam. Look, I like, we have to go find dad and we can't stay here no matter what, because mm-hmm. the demon knows we're in, where, where are they? Salvation. Salvation. Iowa. Yeah. The demon knows we're in salvation. Dad's been taken we there we don't know how many demons could be coming for us right now we have to get out of dodge there's no sticking around except that's what exactly what sam wants to do yeah sam points out that they still have three bullets for the cult and so you know let's do a last shootout let's do a stand down i don't know what the term is for cowboys when they're in a corner and they know the bad guys are coming and likely to win, but he just wants to go out in a blaze of glory. It feels like, because that would mean their vengeance could be completed. Right. Sam says, you know, I don't care. Let them come. Let him come. I'm ready to end this. And Dean's like, no, you dumb shit. We don't know that the demon is coming for us. Maybe he's going to send his minions that already took down dad. So we don't have a plan. We don't know how many, they, how many there are. We don't have backup. We have to go. Yeah. And like the last time they showed, uh, did the showdown. That's the word I was looking for. The showdown oh. with the demon at... The family's home last episode. The demon just vanished before they could shoot it. So, like, what's to say that's not going to happen again? And then you're really hooped. Dean Dean wins. And we next see them tearing out of town in the Impala, roaring down the highway. Sam looks pissed to all hell in the passenger seat. 
still, still holding on to that. Like we could have taken him. We should have stayed. Yeah. Even as Dean's trying to come up with a plan, Sam is saying that they should have stayed and fought. Yeah. Um, and Dean mentions, you know, we can take the gun and trade it for dad, but Sam points out Meg made no mention of a trade on the call, so maybe John is already, you know. Yeah, but Dean outright refuses to even think about it. We don't know that. You don't know that. Dad is not dead. He can't be dead. We just, you know, we need to figure something out. But Sam won't let it lie. He keeps pushing Dean to say, you know, Dad wouldn't want us to trying to go to be prioritizing saving him he wouldn't Mm -hmm. want us to run he would want us to stay and fight he would want us to end it and and you know like what about the job we have to finish the job yeah and then dean's retaliation is screw the job like he doesn't like the fact that his brother is talking like john is dead and the job is in his mind paused until they can get their dad back yeah, he says everything stops until we get dad back. End of discussion. And this is a, just a continuation of what we already heard from episode 21, last episode. Um, D- Dean was really struggling trying to herd Sam and John away from these just... Carelessness, recklessness. Yeah, recklessness, these reckless plans, these suicide missions that they seemed hell bent on throwing them into these impossible situations. Um, damn the consequences. And Dean's like, I see the consequences and I'm not buying it. The the cost is not worth. Yeah. Whatever the fuck you think you're doing with your little revenge plot too high. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's so steadfast that they're not going after the mission, um, they're going after John. The place that they should go to is um, where they last saw John. Um, but Sam is like, are you really thinking that, you know, Meg's gonna have left a nice little trail of breadcrumbs to whatever she has taken off to and wherever they're going next? N- no, no. So yeah. they need a better plan than that. They need some help. Yep. So we cut to Singer Auto Salvage. Um, There's a Rottweiler on an old Ford tow truck. And we are inside this kind of hoarder's dream of a house. Thousands of books everywhere. And a man in a trucker cap passing Dean two flasks. One with whiskey and one with holy water. And it's Bobby! Bobby! I honestly did not know that Bobby was in season one. I forget every time. Like, he barely escapes the rapture of last episode where Sarah Gamble is just running through the background (laughs) with a scream mask on, killing as many (laughs) secondary characters as she can. Anyone who got a name drop. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout season one, they're like, oh, wait. Okay, so wait, they're all dead now. We gotta, we gotta come up with another, yeah. another name. We gotta invent someone new, quick. Yeah, and fucking Kripke, again, I'm like, I'm gonna pick this man's brain apart and then just, like, 
stared at like a Rubik's cube <laughs> because they were brainstorming, you know, what this character's like. And they were coming up with like a father figure essentially for the boys. And they had Jim Beaver in mind. And what should we give him a name for this character? And Kripke was like, well, Robert Singer is like the father figure for this I don't know, cast and crew and what have you. So let's call him Bobby Singer. And I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? It's like whenever, I can't think of the show off the top of my head, but they're like co- trying to come up with a fake name and they're looking at the objects nearer them. So they're like, <laughs> yes, my name is Adam um, Laptop. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the best you could come up with. Oh, that's your first and only choice. Okay, so you're naming a character after a person literally working on the show. Maybe maybe he thought it would discourage Sarah Gamble from killing him off. In her she just had episode. to wait until Kripke left and then she could do it. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> Oh my god, the therapy bills for these people. I just to be a fly on the wall. But we have Bobby. Bobby. This was such a pleasant surprise. Yes, I'm really happy to see him and we're getting a little explanation of like how come he wasn't targeted <laughs> by Meg last episode. And it's that he hasn't spoken to John in years. They had kind of a falling out because the last time that they were engaged with each other, um, Bobby cocked his shotgun and was ready to blast him full of lead. You know, John, get off my doorstep and don't you dare darken it again. And Dean's like, I wasn't sure if we if if we should even come, you know, after we left in such bad terms last time. And I was like, oh, baby, no, no, it's not you. It's him. It's Yeah, it's don't John. worry. <laughs> your invitation has not been revoked. It's your father. No, but even Bobby says, like, look, what's in the past is in the past. It doesn't matter because, you know, I, I'm not going to leave a man behind. What's important now is that we do everything that we can to get your daddy back. And, um, yeah, of course I'm going to help you. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I'm the only one who can threaten to, to shoot John's. Yeah. If anyone's going to so. kill Bill, this bitch, it's me. <laughs> right, right, right. But no demon's going to beat me to it. Yeah. And so while Dean and Bobby are chatting, Sam is sitting at a desk and he's flipping through one of Bobby's books and he's just kind of in wonder in the information that he's pulling from it because this book is the Key of Solomon and it has um, a bunch of tools that they can use against demons written inside of it. Yeah, this is better than the little um, exorcism that... Sam hoped to God would work on an airplane that he had scribbled in a little pocket notebook. Yep. We've got some, a lot, a lot of, uh, really credible, looks like demon lore here. Yeah. And if, you know, they're at the point where they need this information, Bobby is also saying, you guys stepped in one pile of dog shit because the average year we have like three demonic possessions, maybe four if it's a wild and crazy year. And this year, so far, we've had 27. So whatever's going on, whatever storm is hitting right now, you guys seem to be in the eye of it. Yeah, something is building and it's nothing good. Yeah, if there's that many demons afoot, then what the hell is going on? Yeah. 
Um, so outside, the dog starts barking, and we have barely a chance to wrap our head around that before Meg is kicking down Bobby's door. Rumsfeld, no! <laughs> this poor dog. I, I just I just hope that she did a little annoyed, like, flick of the wrist and and, and blasted him off the, the hood of the car, but he just went and slunk, slunked away to hide under the porch or something. I'm like, she accidentally hit the chain instead of him, and then he ran off and had some wonderful adventures. I, I don't I don't think this is the last time that we see Bobby with some dogs, so my heart I, holds hope. I feel like, I feel like, yes, it is. No, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. maybe, maybe. I mean, Anyways, yeah. poor Rumsfeld. Yeah, Meg is inside, and she is fucking pissed, and she's like, you guys fucking suck. Like, I thought you guys would be so much better than this, but you suck. <laughs> and then I, like, found you in, like, a minute. What are you doing here? And then she's just, like, bitching at them. I love her so much. She has the best energy ever. I just love her. Yes, yeah, so she is very jaded. Like, she's just over it. She's over it. <laughs> she's very, very much that I got shot energy. Yes. I am like done. I mean, she sees Dean prowling at her with that holy, holy oil, holy water flask. And she's like, no. And she just tosses him into a bookshelf. Like you see the wall fucking wobble from the force of it. Dean's (laughs) down for the count. And then she turns on Sam and Bobby. And Sam is like being a meat shield for Bobby in this moment. And she's just, again, she's pissed. She says the Winchesters have been underwhelming so far. And as she's prowling after them through the house, asking if they really thought she wouldn't find them, um, Dean arrives behind her and is basically like, yeah, that was the plan. We were expecting you to come here. Yeah. Oh, honey, we were counting on it. Yeah. Because above her, his eyes flick upwards and she looks up and lo and behold, there is a devil's trap on the ceiling. Yes. The, um, what, what was it? The key of Solomon as, uh, as we saw Sam looking at it earlier in the, uh, book of demon lore. Yeah. And Meg seems to recognize what this is, and Dean gets to go, gotcha, and then, boom, we are at the title card. Now the episode has officially begun. (laughs) The game is afoot. Yes. So, the next that we see Meg, she is tied to a chair, and Sam and Dean are watching her while Bobby returns from salting all the entrances and windows to his house. And Dean is asking Meg where John is, and she is just mouthing back at him. Yeah. He, uh, he's dead. D-E-A, dead. I, and she's I like, missed a D there, but you know. She's like, ask me nicely. And he, so he calls her a bitch. And then she taunts him with the whole, you kiss your mother with that mouth? Oh, I forgot. No, you don't. <laughs> We're just having fun here. Yeah. Dean gets super riled up and he gets closer to her and is demanding to know the information. And like you said, she's like, John's dead. He died screaming. He was begging for you boys. He wanted to see you one last time. And Dean just backhands her because he can't, he can't stand these lies. Yeah. I, I killed him myself. Yeah. And Meg makes this little comment about like, oh, you hit a girl or like just basically pointing out the fact that he slapped her. 
and Dean is like, you are not a girl. And then Bobby's actually like, um, Dean, can you come step back here for a second? We have to have a little chit chat. Yeah. And he reminds Dean that this is a person possessed by a demon. And so technically, yeah, Meg is a girl. Just the demon is the one behind the wheel. Yeah, there is a person trapped in there somewhere. And Mm -hmm. if you, Bobby cautions Dean against actually hurting her because, you know, the demon's riding the body, but it's not its body. And um, any damage that happens to, um, to the demon, the demon's physical form, uh, is, is still damage to the actual person there. Yeah, you're getting a two-for-one special with that back Yeah, slap. and Dean is just appalled. He's like, wait, there's like, there's someone trapped in there with that? Like, I don't know if he's appalled because to me it seemed like his mental wheels were immediately shifting to how can we use this to our advantage? Like, he said that it was good that there was a girl in there with Meg because in his mind, okay... Maybe she overheard things and knows the truth about about what Meg is actually saying. True. True. Right. Because if, you know, if it's just a demon tra- trapping someone in there, then we can get rid of the demon and see mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. He immediately has them switch tactics and he tells Sam to begin chanting an exorcism. And Meg is really pissed off about this and she's threatening to kill them, you know, pull the bones from your body. And Dean is not listening to any of that. He's just asking, where is John? God, you're like a broken record. He's dead. (laughs) And as Sam continues, Meg struggles to say that John begged for his life, begged to see them, yada, yada. She ripped out his throat And Dean, again, gets really close and is like, you better be lying. Otherwise, I'll escort you to hell yourself. Like, he'll kill every demon he can. Like, he's just fuming. He's foaming at the mouth. Oh, I mean, he does does act this well because he is, he is, all of that emotion is on display here. He is furious and he is, he's got some blinders on and you can see that he's got blinders Mm on. And, um, even Sam and Bobby look a little like trepidatious about this whole situation because like Dean is being really intense here. And this is a line they haven't crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I don't, I don't know if they're, on the same level that Dean's at right now. Yeah. Jensen does this thing when he's playing Dean, like really pissed off where basically his upper eyelid disappears. Like, <laughs> he tilts his head forward. His eyes get really big. And then it's just eye to eyebrow. Like those two things are touching. And I'm like, it's, it's a face. It's his angry face, but I'm like, this is not the face that I like <laughs> on him. <laughs> his lips get a little pursed and, the eyes get real big. I know the exactly dimples what you're of dis- about. discontent. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So Sam is chanting away. Dean and Meg are having their stare down, and she is insisting John is dead, but Dean insists he can't be. And the exorcism is increasing in intensity. So Meg is struggling, and she's kind of flying around the room in the chair, 
not like three-dimensional flying just like dragging around the floor (laughs) and um very emily rose yes um she admits john isn't dead yet but after they're done with him he will be and dean bewildered asks how they'll know she's not lying and she's like there's no fucking way that you can tell but she gives them a location of jefferson city um no address but it's all she knows she swears yeah and dean uh he kind of sees this as the end of the road so he tells sam to finish the exorcism um meg is pissed that he's going back on his word but he's like guess what i can lie too yeah yeah because i i suppose that somewhere in this interrogation he said that oh you tell me what i want to know and we'll see um even though we didn't really see that but uh yeah he yeah he lied no you're not going anywhere honey except for down yeah You're going back to H-E-L-L. So Sam pulls Dean aside and is like, you know, we can still use her, right? Like, we can get more information out of her. But Dean wants to help the person that she's possessing. So he is adamant that they finish the exorcism. And Bobby, I guess, in my head, I'm like, he was busy hanging that door back on his... (laughs) Big kicked it down. He had to fix it. He comes back now, though, to say that removing the demon will kill the girl because her body is so broken from the fall in um, episode 17, Shadow. Yeah, he says, look, you're not saving the girl if you exercise the demon. It'll kill her. The only thing that is holding her together right now is the demon. Her body is too broken to go on. And, um, Dean's like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not leaving her like this. I, this is, this is not killing her. This is mercy on her. Yeah. She's not living at this point anyways. Like, is this a life? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those kind of euthanizing arguments that is being made here. Yeah. Well, so it's, it's, it's unfortunate and there's no win here but um everyone just kind of goes quiet and dean commands that Mm -hmm. sam finish it finish it yeah and i'm like well dean if you're so like on about it then why don't you say the last words that will like in this girl's life and not make your little brother do it i'm like maybe it's something to do with the magic and exorcism it's like does it have to be in the same person's voice the whole time because he can start (laughs) and stop it and keep going but yeah, I don't know. It seems to just be Dean asserting his authority. And right. then Sam is quite hesitant about it, but he does resume the exorcism. And finishes it. And we see Meg's uh, demon smoke leave her body and yeah. leave Meg, the actual Meg Masters, behind. Yeah. The human Meg is left in that chair. And they immediately run to start untying her bonds. There's blood pouring from her mouth and she is struggling to talk, screaming when they move her. Um, Dean is like, call 911, get blankets, get water. Let's take care of her. Um, But she does not have a lot of juice left in her when they put her on the floor. No, no, but... um... She 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 does try to help them, I guess, mm-hmm. because she 
tries to warn them that, yeah, what Meg, what Meg the demon said about their dad was true. He really is in Jefferson City. Um, she, she really doesn't know exactly where, but it's in some building by the river. And Meg wasn't lying, but it, it, it it's also something that Meg wanted the boys to know. She mm-hmm. um, was, I think, essentially there to um, set this trap for the Winchesters. Yeah get their chess piece to move to the correct location. Right. Because she says it wants you to know it wants you to come for it. And I think that the it here is the, is the demon. Yeah. The yellow eyed demon. The capital demon. Yeah. Um, But, but Dean says that he doesn't, he doesn't care. That doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. yeah, The only thing that matters is that they know where their dad is now and they can go and do something about it. He doesn't care if it's a trap. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bobby arrives with a glass of water and a blanket and Sam and Dean are, you know, trying to take care of her, but Meg struggles out her last word and it's sunrise. She doesn't even have it in her to complete the sentence. So that's all she is able to give the boys as a clue to where John is being kept. Yeah. And we... And then she she dies. She passes. We have this very what you say moment mm-hmm. where there is a solid twenty seconds of the of the camera like zooming in on Meg's dead face, zooming in on <laughs> on on, on D- D- Sam looking sad, zooming in on D- Dean looking sad. And- they crossed a new line. They crossed a line. This is like the first human that they have actively killed in the quest for vengeance in the quest to save their dad because at this point the story is like one in the same 20 seconds of face shots mm, what to say <laughs> it was perfect <laughs> but yes it's it's also very sad but yeah but i wasn't yeah. yeah 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 very sad yeah 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 we're having a new character moment for the boys right somber somber um Bobby tells them to get out of here before the paramedics arrive. Um, He'll handle them because he has plenty of experience lying to the cops. Um, And he gives his book on demons to Sam. They thank him for all his help. And Bobby tells them to bring John round to see him sometime. And Mm -hmm. Sam and Dean drive away. Mm -hmm. And they're going to Missouri? Jefferson City, Missouri? Yeah. Jefferson Mm -hmm. City, Missouri. Someplace by the river, according to Meg. So... En route, they've parked somewhere, they seem to be preparing things, and Sam is reading from Bobby's book, Dean is with the weapon cache in the trunk, and Sam is trying to reassure Dean um, before he begins drawing a devil's trap on Dean's car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what, are you, what are you doing? Why, why are you marking up my baby? Well, yeah. Dean... It's a devil's trap, and uh, that means that the trunk will essentially be a lockbox that no demon can get into, so we can leave the cult here, and it'll be safe while we're gone. Yeah, and Dean's kind of like record scratch. What are you talking about? Why is the cult not going to be with us? Because 
there's only three bullets left. We can't go in with the cult. We need to save it for the the demon, not you know, not this, this. rescue this is mission. Not, yeah, or, yeah. He might not even be there. But 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 Dean doesn't see it that way. He's like the we we need every weapon in our arsenal here we are going into what we know are odds stacked against us and we you know failure is not an option we have to get dad back so yeah you know we yes we're no we're definitely using the colt we have to use the colt i don't care if there's three bullets left i don't know if we, i don't care if we have to use them all we yeah. have to go get dad back yeah, and Sam is saying that John would be pissed if they did that, but Dean says he does not care. Yeah, I don't care what Dad wants. I, and not since in this when instance, you, yeah, yeah, and since, since when do you care what Dad wants? And Sam is like, you used to want to kill this demon too. So when the hell did that change? Like, since when do you not care what Dad wants? Yeah, he's like, we want to kill the demon. Since when do you not want to kill the demon? And <laughs> Dean's like, knock, knock, knock. Is there any brains in that hollow skull of yours? <laughs> because what have I been saying for the past week? I like, it's not worth the price. I, I, I do not want to, I do not want to see us dead. If it means killing the demon, that's not yeah. worth it. Yeah. Like, Sam's being a little bit petty, where he's pointing out, like, you did used to care about this mission, because you dragged me into this mess, you know? And now that I'm in it, I'm trying to finish it. And Dean is, he just scoffs, and he shakes his head, and he says, you and Dad are more alike than I thought. You both can't wait to sacrifice yourself to this thing. But you know what? I'm going to be the one to bury you. And then there's a pause. And he continues to say, you're selfish. You know that? You don't care about anything but revenge. And Sam's left to deny it. But he does point out that the cult is their only leverage. So they can't bring it to the fight. I don't know. Does he even deny it? I don't I don't think that Sam denies it. He just accepts that because it's true. Yeah. I mean, fair. The only I thing felt that he like does there was care maybe for. a Padalecki face journey there that was <laughs> making me write those words down. <laughs> I mean, Sam doesn't say anything in retaliation to this. What what Dean is saying about um, Sam being selfish, all he cares about is revenge. And I mean, if anything, it's just like yeah, and <laughs> yeah, problem. We yeah, the last two episodes have definitely very much been like we are not on the same page here, and we're not yeah. going to be on the same page. Yeah, sees, Sam sees them as being like two steps away from the finish line. And he's like, I'm going to just put everything I got into crossing that line. And Dean's like, hey, guess what? There's an acid pit and spikes and sharks between you and the finish line. Maybe take a step back and realize it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Sam pulls out his little lawyer rule book and says, well, but Dean also... We, if we take the cult with us, then we lose our leverage. Like, they have no reason yeah. to keep us alive if we have the cult on us. They just yeah, kill us we and we deliver it, it to them. Yeah, exactly. That's what they want from us. That's what, like, Meg told us that's what they want. So let's not give them exactly what they want. Let's see if we can, um, you know, make it out with, make, make it out without the cult, but have 
at least the the leverage that the cult provides as plan A, B, C, D. And I'm just like, Sam, that was your dad's plan last episode. <laughs> How did that turn out for him? Yeah, well, now it's in, now it's in the uh it's in the trunk with devil's traps on it so nah yeah it'll be fine everything's fine yeah dean dean reluctantly agrees he stops smudging away the white chalk paint that um uh sam was drawing the devil's traps on on the trunk of the impala and he takes out the cult Waves it in Sam's face like, okay, you fucking win, and packs it into the trunk. Yeah. And I'm sure that if there was a deleted scene, we would see as soon as Sam turns his back, Dean doesn't <laughs> leave the cult in there. <laughs> takes his takes his cross fingers from behind his back and then... Yeah. I'll show you. Tucks the cult into his belt. So with this settled for the time being, um, they take off... The rest of the distance that they need to Jefferson City, we see Sam and Dean walking along the riverside and they see a tenant building, um, this Sunrise Apartments, that clicks with what human Meg said on her dying breath. Sunrise. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Well, Here we are. It was more helpful than you think because we're at Sunrise Apartments. Yeah, and it's this huge building. There's tons of civilians around it. And they realize that any tenant inside could be a demon. And the building is full of human shields. And the demons likely know what they look like, but they have no clue who the demons could be. So this sucks. Yeah, yeah. It could, the enemy could be anybody. So what are they going to do? Yeah. What's their plan to get inside? And Dean kind of thinks for two seconds, and he's like, how about we pull the fire alarm? Tried and true. <laughs> I mean, the fire that alarm. classic. It's a classic for a reason. And sounds like, well, the city will have to respond, and they have to respond in less than seven minutes. So what do we do in that time? And they don't say it, but you can see Dean's like, no, we don't need seven minutes to do whatever we're doing. The city showing up is the plan. Yeah. Yep. And it is. We see uh, Dean, no, Sam, very unsubtly sneak into the apartment lobby. And, um, oh, oh no, was that my hand by the fire alarm? Oh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Whoopsie. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, someone's coming along. I'm just going to be really interested in the wall here for a second. Okay, they left. Now I'm going to go right back and pull the alarm. <laughs> He even, he pulls the alarm, leaves his hand on it, like looks around a little bit. He's like, did it work? I mean, I hear the alarm going, but did it work? Oh my God. Bless. And then the fire department arrives. Yeah. So the fire trucks are all outside and Dean is approaching one of the fire people to pretend to be a tenant. He's saying, I have a Yorkie upstairs. And when he's nervous, he pees. And it's like, oh, Dean. One of those just instant classic Dean lines. Yeah. But while he's talking to this fireman, it's uh, taking long enough that Sam can scarper away with some of the gear from the fire truck. Yep. And we cut to Sam and Dean inside, dressed head to toe as firemen. You know, I always wanted to be a fireman when I was 
when I grew up. Oh, one of those lines that I'm like, the more you dig into it, the more you're like, oh, it makes sense and it's heartbreaking. And uh, we just throw this out as like a casual conversation piece. Yeah. 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 We need more fanfics where Dean's a fireman. I feel like there's plenty. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's always a bartender or a mechanic. I mean, those two make sense as well. He could be a volunteer firefighter while he is those two things. You never know. True. This is true. True. Yes. Um, But it's also something that Sam never knew about his brother. Yeah. Yeah, really? I mean, (laughs) one of his formative memories was saving his brother from a house on fire, so... Yeah, what are the odds that he would think about that often? No. He thought he was going to grow up big and strong and help people and shoot demons on the weekends and go and... It's fine. We're all fine. Have a... Be a fireman and help people on the weekdays. Oh. There's just... Yeah, whatever. There's just so many things that Dean wants and wanted and this was another episode not because of this line but there was a lot of dean in this episode and i think last episode i had the same thought where god watching season one dean will break your heart when you think about what's to come for his character and how broken i mean how again and again and again he is broken and what that does to him in the later seasons. how To see how much he changes compared yeah. to the season one Dean. Yeah. Like, you don't feel like the boy is necessarily a bundle of optimism. But he is so much more optimistic in season one. And, like, fulfilled with the job, that sense of duty, that sense of purpose that it gives him. The saving people really is nourishing him in season one. And then as the world beats him down, you can see how it's harder and harder to sustain himself on those little scrap nuggets that he's getting from the life he leads. I really, I mean, you just see, I see the trajectory and I fear for him, even though I know, I know that, I know, (laughs) I know, I mean the episode that shall not be named i'm like how could you do that to my boy i will enjoy this season one dean while it lasts yes huh so they're going down the hallways of this apartment building and they have an emf reader out okay we're looking (laughs) for ghost demons i guess well Um, they did the same thing right with the or no they did the same thing in the airplane right i'm thinking of like the one other demon episode that we've had um with uh the airplane and we had dean uh scoping down the aisle with the emf reader and i just feel that was effective right i don't know again i have a goldfish memory and i'm like that can't be effective that can't be it i feel like i feel like it was because they were i don't i don't know they were also scanning the um the wreckage of the original plane. Anyways. Well, they're, yeah. B, they're laying salt rings. Like, this is so old school. When was the last yeah. time that they laid a salt ring for a demon? Yeah. I'll grant you that it could be early season lore that just got lost as the show continued on. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, they have an EMF reader. They're checking the um, the 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 um, apartments as they pass, and one apartment goes ring a ding ding in for him. So, hmm. 
They share a look. It's go time. Yep. It seems like they have a winner behind door number three. So, knock, knock, knock on the door. The demons inside are like, okay, it's go time. And Sam and Dean are still playing the role of firefighters, you know, telling whoever's inside that they need to evacuate. And when the demons unlock the door, they kick it down and then start hosing down these two with, like, holy water in the firemen. I don't know. They look like scuba gear on the back, but filled with water instead of air. (laughs) They, they, like, I think Sam body checks the, 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 the guy demon into the closet just rams him and wrecks the shelving in there, which I'm like, good, good, good on this stunt man to be like, I'm going to throw myself bodily at a wall with shelving and just take it. Yeah. When it all knocks down. (laughs) Yeah. Like Sam, Jared, however you want to call it, just throws himself in. He's like, we're taking care of this whole situation in 30 seconds tops. <laughs> and then and then the, the woman demon falls back on um, the table. It's like a dining room table in front of this coat closet um, that her counterpart has already been shoved into. And Dean like bodily picks her up like a spitting cat and <laughs> tosses this woman into the closet after the other demon. They slam the door shut. They put a salt line across the door. Yeah. And then somehow the demons can sense that this salt line is on the floor because they just fall silent and they give up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they found, like, a crack in the closet drywall, and then they just left their meat suits and went off to go find other people to possess. That, I mean, I think that's what they did. I think that they, I think that they, you know, left through the vent because they couldn't cross the door, and then we see them, yeah. we see them possess. They didn't show us that. No, we didn't. <laughs> the thing. No, this is just speculation, because there are two other demon people that um, come up later, and I think that. my theory is that it's the same two demons from from the closet yeah i would buy it so with these two guards handled it's time to see what is behind the bedroom door in this apartment and so they pick the lock they open it and we get this crotch shot of jeffrey (laughs) dean morgan fucking spread eagled on the bed unconscious bound up he's he's like he's literally spread eagle and is he even bound i guess his wrists are bound but his feet are not he's just so sleepy he doesn't need them bound (laughs) it was funny uh i just literally teeheed i think that like (laughs) yeah i think that was the definition you did it Uh, I didn't know I had it in me. I mean, learn something new every day. Well, look, so we have Jeffrey Dean Morgan on the bed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dean is immediately going to unbind him, but Sam cautions him, hey, no, wait, he could be possessed. We don't know. Dean denies it. He's like, what? No, it's dad. What are you talking about? I'm like, Sam, just because, I mean, Sam says, Dean, just because it's our father doesn't mean it's our father. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just give me a second. Let me spray. Let me spray him with some holy water. Let's check. 
before. I do like that Sam had, like, that big tin of salt in one hand, and he's like, I'm going to completely ignore this, and I'm going to go get the holy water. I'm like, he could have just doused him with salt, and it would have done the same thing. Well, does the salt, does it? Does the salt burn, or can they just not cross the salt ring? Well, my understanding was, like, if you put, okay, what was it that Dean, when he was torturing Alistair, he puts uh, holy water on the blade, and then he puts salt on the blade, and Mm. then he stabbed with that. So, for me, I'm like, if if the salt is on their person, they don't like that. Uh If you fed them a teaspoon of salt, they would probably be really in a bad scene. Oh, my God. You actually, okay, you, this, the whole salt ring thing did make me giggle this episode, because, like I said, it's been so long since they did like salt rings for demons. I forgot it was even a thing. And um, it made me think of Dean and Crowley's uh, demonic summer of love and Mm -hmm. Crowley with his little margarita and a, and a, um, uh, an umbrella in the glass. And I just, does he order it with salt or without salt be what are your thoughts? I, I personally, I think he orders it with salt. Probably, but then he would drink from the little straw instead of from the rim. But he, he likes the challenge. Yes, right? exactly. The threat is there if he wanted it. Okay, oh I'm glad God. we're in agreement. It made me That's think a of... a lovely little detail to bring up. Thank you, Remy. It made me think of his little margarita salt ring. <laughs> I think he just likes the burn. Yeah, I could see that too. I mean, it's Crowley. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing that he loves more than, you know, self-flagellation. <laughs> oh my god, B. Oh. Were you drinking? Yes. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Okay, here's my turn. <laughs> oh, we forgot we forgot to tell you guys this is a fun night because right before we signed on, we were like this calls for alcohol. So, I went and I poured some gin in my Coke. I don't know what you're drinking, B. I have Let's see. Rosé flavored apple cider. Nice. Is it good? Uh, Who fucking knows? (laughs) Who fucking cares? I don't know what rosé tastes like, so I don't really know how it's interacting with the apple cider base. (laughs) But I like apple cider, so I'm going for it. Nice. (laughs) So if it gets a little loosey-goosey in in another few minutes, I mean, we're on a time limit here. (sighs) It's fine. Yep. We're here. Yeah. We have the fucking spritz your dad down. I'm like, they should really get one of those, like, water bottles where you can change the nozzle on it rather than just a flask full of holy water. I'm like, I know you guys are blue collar, but, like, go to Home Depot, spend, like, four ninety seven on one of those plastic bottles, bless the water inside of it, and you can put a fine mist over whoever the fuck you're torturing. <laughs> Change the nozzle. You could put it into the fucking water gun spritz spray. It's all good. That's, yeah. They just, they. I'm helping. Because in my head, I'm like, Sam, you're at the foot of the bed. And somehow you're just sloshing this flask and like hitting Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the chest and the face. Because he wakes up and he's like, why are you putting water on it? That's not his voice at all. That's not at all what he said. But, like, in my heart of hearts, he woke up sleepy and confused. He does. He's like, Sam, Sam, why are you, why are you sprinkling water on me? Mm-hmm. And I go, like, oh, good, Dad's alive. And he's not allergic to water at this point. So, yay! <laughs> I'm sorry, B. I wanted to play with you in in that space, but it made me think about the recent the Winchester's trailer where um the one 
hippie, 100%. Carlos. long-haired dude. He, Carlos. he pulls he pulls up with his Scooby-Doo van, and then he has a um a water gun with holy yep. water. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking about, it, too. It's, it's too new. It's too raw. I mean, we're fine. <laughs> John asks... No, wait, sorry. He goes, I've been drugged. So, like, that's why he's been... He's on sleepy time tea for the last, like, 24 hours. So mm-hmm. he couldn't call him or struggle or anything like that. But the first thing he does is ask, where is the cult? And Sam and Dean don't give him a concrete answer. They just say it's safe. Yep. And then he goes, good boys. And basically, like, passes out again. <laughs> yeah. Love it. They have to fucking... Carry him potato stack. They have to carry him potato sack style out the fire escape of this apartment. Well, they try to go out the front door, but that doesn't go too well. No, because we saw down on the ground level that there was this civilian um, amongst all of those that are gathered, kind of seeing what's going on. Um, This civilian just kind of has this little spasm moment and then his eyes turn black and he starts heading into the building. And there's a fireman that tries to stop him. Like, hey, what are you doing? And as this civilian passes, the fireman's eyes turn black too. So they are heading inside to finish the job. Yes. And they go to the apartment. They bust through the door as uh, Sam and Dean towing john along are trying to get out of the apartment but they have to backtrack back into the bedroom slam the door shut throw down a hasty salt line i mean they should have stopped at a paper moon on the way there and got some stickers made (laughs) with the with the with the devil's devil's trap. trap on them i mean come on guys you can you can do better that'd be so fucking cute i'm just imagining like you don't even have to put the stickers down you just put the sticker sheet (laughs) Cross this, my pretties. <laughs> Just slap a sticker on it. Seems like something Charlie would have done. Mm-hmm. I like it. I would have liked to see it. And I had a moment where I was thinking of like Tumblr ten years ago, where they were like hula hoops full of salt to go a long way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The Someone needs ingenuity. to open an Etsy shop. Yeah, I was gonna say like the preteen girls really know what they could do to <laughs> get rid of demon possession. Exactly. You're right. No one does it like the like the Tumblr girls do it. No. Coming up with the strangest headcanons and just running like a feral <laughs> animal into the woods, never to be seen again. So, so the door the door doesn't work, so instead we, I don't know, roll John down the fire escape steps. Just potato sack stuff. Like have you ever watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? No. It's how they get rid of the body. <laughs> like, just out the window. Thump, thump. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's John. He's That's fine, John. though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he has enough power that I'm sure he could walk, but, like, I don't think the hand-eye coordination is there. And, indeed, as soon as they are on the street level, he is doing his best impersonation of someone who is blackout drunk because he is just leaning up. He's propped up against the building. His legs are out. His arms are limp. And it's left to Sam and Dean to figure out what to do next. Yeah. Uh, But Dean gets blindsided by Tom. Tom is back. I know. I thought that Tom's had only the one and done episode, but I guess because he doesn't speak in this one that I'm like, oh, this is why I didn't. 
retain this at all. I feel like I knew that mm-hmm. he died or he he was exercised or ex like ushered out in some way because yeah. I, I I recalled um the yellow eyed demon later getting bitchy about the Winchesters uh nixing his 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 son and inconveniencing yeah. his daughter. So you remembered more than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that I remember that like whole weird familial like devil's yeah. hierarchy of familial relationships. Um and yeah. so I thought that I, I thought that Tom was gonna come back. And and hey, he's here. Yeah. He tackles Sam and Dean tries to fight him, but he gets tossed again this episode, yeah. this time into the windshield of a parked car. And Sam is left to take a beating when all of a sudden Tom gets shot in the head by Dean. Yeah, and not just shot, but Sparky, sparky, boom, bam. Yeah, thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening E. He. Dean has the cult, and Dean um, used it. So yep. Tom is gone. Yep, for Tom is dead. And he dies in a way I was admiring because the one arm was still pointed upwards. So I'm like, is it like instant rigor mortis? Or was this actor like giving it everything? (laughs) Either way, I'm content. It was the shock. So there is a moment of silence for the human Dean killed to kill Tom. But Dean helps up a sluggish Sam and they collect John and leave. I think my notes say, um, yeah, Dean kills Tom, feels kind of bad about it. Yep. We move on. (laughs) Yep. And then the scene changes to nighttime, and they have parked at a cabin in the woods to lick their wounds. Um, They've salted every window and door. And I like this location. It was built on a set. Um, really? On a stage. Yeah. Because they knew it was going to be so important to the scene that they wanted to make sure they had 100% control over the environment. And so they built the woods and then they built the cabin in the woods. Wow. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Dedication. So we have this cabin and we... And, and... And before we enter the scene, though, we have this little piano piece playing. Is this the first time that we hear the brothers' mm-hmm. theme in the? This in is the, the first time for Americana. Yep. Oh man! Do 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 do. I like that's Dean's theme, as far as I'm concerned. I got a little emotional. I I, I think that I think that there is. I mean. If you want to get technical about it, I think that they are named and I think that they, um, I think that there is a Winchester's theme and there is a, (laughs) the brothers theme. Yeah. And I I do agree. I don't know which one this is. Yeah. I feel like this was Americana, but what do I know? I'm a bear. (laughs) Well, it is the supernatural. Like it is the tug at your heartstrings. Yeah. Some of the most like heavy hitting moments of this show. Yeah, like the end of season two when Dean is fucking princess eyed tears. Studio Ghibli tears rolling down his face. Yeah. Comes with this theme. And, um, oh, again, it gave me shivers. 
I love whenever this song comes up. And yeah, it was like nostalgia and excitement hitting at the same time. I know. Just to think that this is the first time that they brought it in. And it's something that carries through all 15 years of the show. And I just, oh, I, I love watching season one. Yeah. And like, I think, what's his name? Christopher Lenitz or... I don't know who was doing the music for this episode, but he was told to be really understated, um, really muted for uh-huh. this episode. So I wonder if like the song was written for this episode and then just got to be reused because it was such a banger. I, I, I gotta, I mean, I'll have to look it up, I suppose, but I, I always assumed that it was definitely a piece written, like a lot of these themes, a lot of, a lot of the little piano pieces that we, Oh, we I, sorry. I mean later. like that the song was written where the guy was just kind of like, okay, I got to come up with something muted. Um, oh. let's do this, you know? And then yeah, yeah, came yeah. out with this, you know, it's like if you sat Beethoven down at a piano and then he was like, okay, I gotta just come up with something a little jazzy. How about I make Ode to Joy? Mm. And it's like, how could you fucking do that? Oh man. <sighs> okay. Okay. I'm smiling too big. Let's, let's move on. Yes, yes, let's make ourselves miserable. So John is having a snooze while they're here. He is going to, you know, recover from his sleepy time dosings. And Sam likewise says that he will survive the beating that he took from Tom. Yeah. Um, And Sam and Dean are wondering whether they could have been followed to this secluded location. And Sam also takes this opportunity to try talking to Dean about saving his life even though it meant um, being sneaky and bringing the Colt with him. And using another bullet. They only have two two bullets left. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, So, I mean, Sam is trying to thank Dean, even though Dean went behind his back and Dean kind of tries to make a joke out of it, but... (laughs) Sam's like, I'd like to be sincere for just a second. Can we do that? Yeah, just a sec here. No, like, seriously, thank you. So Yeah. And Dean kind of does this little face twitch and does eventually say, you're welcome. (sighs) Yeah. But Dean is kind of, you know, he has a weight on his mind. He um, is thinking about the person that he shot to kill Tom. And Sam tells him that he didn't have a choice in the matter. And... Dean knows that he's not bothered by that. He is bothered by the fact that killing him and Meg came with zero hesitation. Well, he says, yeah, killing Tom, killing Meg, or killing that guy that we don't actually have a name for him, but <laughs> thank you, B, for telling me his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, killing them, he says he didn't hesitate. He didn't even flinch. And I'm like, oh, honey, like, y- yes, you did. <laughs> you were... I, I, he, he was conflicted about it. We saw Mm -hmm. him. I think that he was. I don't think so. Because we see with Meg, he's in the rage. He's in the single mindedness of save dad. And he's being cautioned from both sides. Bobby and Sam are both telling him like, are you sure? Do you really want to do this? And Dean's like, do it. Like he doesn't. He but it's not like it's not just do it he is advocating for the girl herself like he is he's saying that it's cruel it's more cruel to leave her than to but um, is that hesitation 
Like, is that conflict or is that justification? He just, it, the way that he said, like, I didn't even flinch. And we saw the conflict in him. I mean. After. After. Yeah, that's a flinch. But it's not before. He's talking about when he made the decision. There yeah. was zero hesitation. And it was only afterwards that he it sinks in. And that's what's scaring him is that in the moment when it's like, hi, there's an innocent life on the line. He's like, anyways, and pulls the trigger. And then afterwards, he's left to deal with the feelings that that arises in him where he like doesn't recognize himself because it's always been about saving people. It's always been yeah. the mission, the purpose. And then when Sam or John are threatened, he's like, what mission? Anyways, kill everything that gets between me and saving my family. This is this here is when I was like, oh, baby, you don't even know what's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. It it really got me that, like you said, this is a big character moment for um, both Sam and Dean. You know, they have never had to go this far, um, even if it is, you know, objectively the right thing to do. The only thing that they can do. Um, I, I think that they are showing, you know, that it like. They are taking these moments to to think about it and hurt from it and um, be scared by it. Like say, Dean saying, um, the things that I would do for you and dad, it, it's actually, it's scaring me. Like, I don't want to be this kind of person, but the fact that I can be is scaring me a little bit. Take this to where they are four or five years from now yeah and they they wouldn't then you could say i didn't hesitate i didn't flinch and i would believe you because they don't they have become completely disensitized no 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 i'm going the other way (laughs) what i'm not saying that you're incorrect that they get desensitized but for me i'm like dean just had you know two grains of rice that got weighed on his conscience And as the seasons go on, that weight, at some point, it becomes unbearable. Like, he really shudders beneath it, and it, it, he collapses beneath it. Um, But here at the beginning, I feel like it still is a level of shock to him that it hasn't sunk in. The price that he is willing to pay, he hasn't been in this situation enough times to really realize, oh, this is me. Like, I feel like at the moment um, he's in at the finale here, it can still be brushed aside as, you know, the situation made me do it is just what I had to do. And it's only after he has done this same decision repeatedly that it really starts to get at him now i I believe that for maybe season two season three season four but six seven eight they don't even they don't even feel it anymore And, and it's not a recovery it's it's i don't think i i think that there is a time in the middle there where Sam and Dean um, aren't even aren't even like conflicted anymore. They don't they don't feel the weight. They don't acknowledge it. They don't 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm getting well, too far ahead. But it, yeah, because I I think that there's a difference between what each instance of this crossing the line narratively is allowed to show because there'll be some episodes where whoever was writing it did not have the space to let the characters breathe, you know, did not have the space to reflect on the consequences of that decision. But I'm like, even to fucking episode 17 of season 15, Dean makes the call, like he says, Jack's not family. And you see, like, there's a bit of flinch in him that he says that and a resignation that, no, I meant that. And I wish I didn't. Yeah, I think that there is actions that they're willing to take and wounds that they're willing to lash out and it's it's a coin toss as to whether that's the straw that broke the camel's back and they really collapse beneath it in that moment. I, I Something about this moment in this episode, it made me just reflect on all of the ups and downs that we've witnessed through the seasons. The, um, the times where... You know, they're being crushed under the weight versus the times where they're completely um, desensitized to the, the everything and their, their, you know, depression is just so great that they can't even recognize it anymore. And the times of healing where they, you know, you know the times of acceptance and the, and, and the things that... I don't know, just like I said, the ups and downs, the the growth and the the trips and the falls on the way there. Um, and this was uh, kind of the first the first stumble and fall. It wasn't even a fall though. It's not even this it, this was this was the first like, oh, look at that. Huh. That's yeah. something I might want to examine at some point. Yeah. I do agree that that's like the level that he's giving it at this moment. It's like the adrenaline's still pumping. He just hasn't crashed and let it sunk in. I don't think that any of that made sense meta-wise. <laughs> but I'm... I mean, it shows to the complexity of the characters when you look at 15 years. Because each person's going to bring their own thing to these characters mm-hmm. and you know you're going to connect to different elements so i think that it's good that you know you and i don't necessarily see eye to eye on it because it just means that we're seeing different things we're seeing more of the picture and how complicated it gets because mm-hmm. i tell you one thing we're not sitting down going through 15 seasons writing down each instance of when they're in this kind of moment and having to reflect okay i sacrificed someone We're not going to write those all down and then be like, okay, Remy, how do you feel about it? Okay, well, here's how (laughs) I feel about it. (laughs) We're not doing that. It's more about how it feels as you're watching it, what you're pulling in that instance that you're watching it. Like, you sit us down a year from now and have us go over the same thing, the same scene, and see if we even think the same things. Like, that's what's really interesting about the show to me. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, Dean, Dean is saying here that he, it, it actually scares him that he did cross the line and it's not, 
hitting him as hard as he probably, you know, he thinks that it, yeah. it should. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you'd think the first time would be worse. Yeah. Yeah. But it was for John and it was for Sam and, um, Dean would go to any lengths and John steps in here to say, well, no, it, it shouldn't scare you. You did the right thing. You did the only thing. And, um, yeah, he no. tells Dean that he did good. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, you did the right thing. You did good. And Dean's surprised to hear that. Like the first thing out of his mouth is you're not mad. And John asks for what? And Dean says for using a bullet. And John replies that, no, I'm proud of you. Sam and I, we can get pretty obsessed, but you, you watch out for this family. You always have. Yeah. And Dean looks disquieted as this is being said. And he kind of frowns as he says thanks, but he just looks wigged out. Absolutely. Yeah. This is not what he expected his dad to say. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, what does that tell you about previous hunts that maybe John and Dean were on together? Like, okay, they regroup, they're doing the debriefing. I, my gut just goes like, what if most of those debriefings were like, Dean, you could have done this better. You could have, you know, kept your elbow up when you threw that punch. You could have done this, you could have done that. And to John, he's trying to prepare his son and protect him. Um, and to Dean, nothing that he does is good enough. Yeah. When John says, you know, you, you know, you, me and Sam, we can get obsessed, we can get headstrong, but you are watching out for us. You're trying to, you know, I see you trying to step in and just protect the family. And, um, I respect that. I'm proud of you for that. I can't be mad about that. Um, like you said, Dean is wigged out because I agree with you. I can only think that in situations like this, it's like John is always telling Dean. Yeah. That all the things that he could have done better, which is what you said. So have fun editing that one. I will. Finger guns. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm really, give me a second. Cause I'm really trying to think about what, okay. what John, what it is about that, what it is about what John is saying here that, that really affects Dean and really throws him off. Like yeah, what specifically it. about it? Cause I think that there is something. Yeah. There's a little kernel that doesn't align with his expectations and it throws him off. It's the princess and the pee under the mattress, you know, yeah. they could just feel it's there. The vibes are wrong. The vibes, the vibes are wrong because, because here, here John, here John is. And he's like, you know what, Dean, sometimes you, your brother and I, we can, we can get really, really stubborn about these things and we can get obsessed and, you know, maybe I'm not always right. And he's <laughs> like, uh, a what, a what? <laughs> That's not my father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think that's what gets him about it because it's like Dean. So, so Dean is disquieted in this moment, and um, 
oh, there is a disturbance outside. Like the lights start flickering. It seems like there's something going on outside. Um, oh no, they've, they found us. So John dashes to the window to try to peek outside. Um, he orders Sam to go salt the windows and the doors, uh, go yep. check the lines and Dean, uh, give me the gun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Dean says, uh, well, you know, Sam tried to shoot the demon before and it just disappeared. I don't know if that's going to work. And John says, Dean, j- I, it's me. I won't miss. Just give me the gun. Uh, yeah. And Dean starts to back away and says, no, actually, no, I don't think I will. Yeah, he hesitates in this moment and then refuses outright. Yeah, yeah. Um, he pulls the gun and he points it to John, at John, because... Uh, this is not John. This is not Dean's dad. Um, so Dean thinks that John is possessed. And this is where he goes into like, well, why? And he says that, you know, John wouldn't praise Dean for risking the cult, bringing it along, using a bullet when there's only two bullets left, um, John would never praise Dean for that. He would be furious. He would never, he would never change his mind. He would never say, um, you know, no. With hindsight, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, my life, your life, Sam's life. Um, actually you're right. It is more important than avenging Mary. Yeah. Saving your brother, yeah, that does come higher on the priority list. Math. Yeah, John. John's entire past 21 years has been this, and Dean knows better than anyone just how obsessed he is with this one thing. And no, John would not be proud of, of Dean for... Um, for having stepped up and protected the family over everything else, um, he'd be furious. And um, here, I think Sam is coming in. And he's like, Dean, are you sure? And Dean says, look, I, I know, you know, it's just not dad. Something's not right. Something's not right. And yeah. this is He knows John intense. better than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. He knows, I know dad better than anyone. Uh, something's not right. It's good. It's intense. It's good. Yeah. And, like, it feels true to the characters that Dean didn't immediately piece it together. He more had a gut feeling, and then he had to puzzle out why it felt that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's verbalizing it as he's figuring it out, and John is kind of like, you're crazy, and Sam, listen to me, don't listen to your brother. And when Sam is put in that scenario where um, he has to either listen to John that Dean's lost his mind or he has to listen to Dean that John is possessed, um, Sam ultimately sides with Dean. Yeah. And that's even with John appealing to Sam's baser instincts of, if you want to kill this demon, you have to trust me. Yeah, we don't have time for this. 
Yeah. Don't you want to kill the demon? And I mean, like, come on. You're getting a little desperate there, old as age. Yes. Yes. You tipped your hand a little too yeah, much Yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's really forcing the issue where he's saying, well, if you're convinced that I'm not me, then kill me if you're so sure. You know, shoot me with the cult. And Dean has the gun raised, but when push comes to shove, he can't pull the trigger. Um, and we have this really great moment where Jeffrey Dean Morgan is looking like a disappointed father. You know, he dips his head down his chin to his chest and is looking sad that, you know, my son might kill me or whatever. Mm. I don't know. And all of a sudden this little grin on his face and he just goes, I thought so. And then, hot damn, it's the yellow-eyed demon. The yellow-eyed demon. Played so well by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So well. Love it. The energy coming off this man is insane. Oh, so intense. He tosses both Sam and Dean and grabs the colt. And Sam is trying to confirm whether this is the capital D demon. Um, And, you know, we used holy water. What the hell? And... The yellow-eyed demon says, you know, do you think something like that works on something like me? Which, okay, weird flex, but okay. It's not like we yeah. ever, ever see anything like this ever again. Um, He's so butch. He's just so butch. So strong. <laughs> Sam is pissed off and says that he'll kill the demon. Um, but old yellow eyes just taunts him. By telling him, you know, here's the gun. He sets the colt down on a table. He's like, you know, float it and kill it, psychic boy. You know, use your mental powers to kill me with the gun. And, you know, it grins when Sam can't do that. Yeah, it looks like he's straining to actually lift the gun. That doesn't happen. Yeah. He's like, okay, if this is on the cards, then let's <laughs> do it. Um, But Old Yellow Eyes is... You know, prowling the room, taunting, saying, this has been fun. Um, John has been trapped inside the meat suit this whole time. And he is going to taste the iron in Dean's blood when the demon takes him apart. Yeah. He's like, he's like reveling in the drama of it all. He's like, I could have killed you a hundred times today, but you know what? This, this right here. This is worth the wait. Yeah. I get to air out a little of, uh, I get, I get to just like, like I said, bask in the family drama right now. I mean, Yellow Eyes must watch soaps because like you say, he is really into the family drama. He's really savoring it. All he needs is popcorn bowl and he would be set. Yes. He is taunting both Sam and Dean with the fact that, you know, it's John and John's own body is going to rip his sons apart. And he also takes the moment to, um, to say, and you know what? This has gotten a little personal, hasn't it? Because as far as I'm concerned, this is justice. Yeah. I haven't come out of this unscathed either. Yeah. Dean killed Meg and Tom, who he considers his children. Um, and so killing Sam and Dean would be justice in return. And he even says, what, are you the only one who can have a family? Hmm. And how would Dean feel if he killed his family? Oh, that's right. I did that already. Yeah. Very Meg. We see where Meg gets it from. Yes. Yes. They're (laughs) pulling the same sort of one-liners from each other. And 
Sam has to ask. Yeah. He's got to know. Why? Why did you do it? Why did you kill them? Yeah. Why did you kill Mom and Jess? The demon segues to this little story to Dean saying that Sam was ready to marry Jess. You know, he was ring shopping and everything. And just really cementing in for us that Sam was serious about Jess. Um, but the demon got rid of her because, like Mary, she got in the way. Yeah, got in the way of his plans, his plans for Sam. And And all the special children like him. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen that um, the demon wouldn't hesitate to kill the mother if he's interrupted in whatever he's doing with these babies, Mm -hmm. just like what happened with Mary. Um, but we got to wonder what, what was it about Jess that got in the way of, what was so grievous of Sam's, of Dean's, no, of the demon's plans for Sam? Yeah. Was it just that Sam wouldn't engage with the supernatural life if Jess was there and, the demon needs Sam in the supernatural world. Yeah, I don't know. We're, yeah, we're left to wonder. I mean, we do find out next season that a lot of these other special children just have average lives with this new ability added to it. So maybe Sam just had a particular version of the equation where the demon wanted someone that was more informed, more in tuned with what is going on and then seeing what sort of specimen turns out from that. True. True. I think you're right because there are some comments in the next season where, um, you know, Azazel starts to, to hint that, oh, Sam, Sam's his favorite. Sam's yeah. his, Sam's his ringer. He's putting his bets on Sam. Uh-huh. And it seems it, it, it seems not not far fetched that Zazel's plans for Sam is to hone his edge and to make him the best weapon that he could be. Yeah, and if his abilities have say an emotional element to it or something, um, what better emotion to try and get Sam to harness than rage? Mm-hmm. You know. I, there's a lot of speculation we could put into it, um, but where we are in season one, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, across the room, Dean's big brother alarm is going off because the demon is picking on Sam. Yeah, he's got to draw the fire back to himself. Yeah, yeah. Come on, if you're going to do something, just do it. I can't, I can't with the monologuing. Yeah. Oh, Dean. Oh, Dean, Dean, Dean. You know, Dean is complaining to just get this over with, but the demon is now taking time to flay him open. Yes. Yeah. If Jess is where it hurts with Sam, then, oh, he knows just where to plunge the knife for Dean as well. He turns on Dean, says, oh, oh, you're funny. Always funny. Always so funny, Dean. Um, But, you know, we... You're not fooling anyone. We know what that is. It's just you deflecting, just you, just a mask. 
trying to yes. mask the pain. Your mask whole the mo. Truth. Yeah, exactly. It's just a facade to protect himself. And the yellow-eyed demon says, "You fight for this family, but they don't need you. Not like you need them." Sam, he's clearly John's favorite. Even when they fight, it's more concerned than he's ever shown you. Which is true! It's true! It's That's true! Why it hurts. That's why it hurts! It's so bad, because Dean does not want to hear it, but he feels it. I know. I mean, that's what the yellow eyed demon's saying. He's like, he's like, okay, yeah, we can. You know, you want to make a joke? You want to try to hide the pain? Well, I, I know your pain. Yeah, I have a one million lumen flashlight that I'm gonna put directly on it. And you know what gets me about it too? I tell me. I mean, I think that the demon knows where to twist the knife because he knows. From John, yeah, like he's he, yeah, he is in he is in John Winchester, and he he is just pulling all of this history from from John himself, and I mean, John John's not blind to it. I think this is proof that John's not blind to it. He 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 knows that Dean is, um. I don't know. I don't know. I I I want to say like, oh, he he knows that Dean struggles. He knows why Dean struggles. He knows that um a lot of what Dean does is like trying to overcompensate because he, Dean doesn't get the same regard from John as as mm-hmm. as John gives regard to to Sam, but I don't I don't know. I, I mean, I, wanna... I, I, it feels too harsh. It just, it just feels too harsh to say like John sees it, John knows, but he just doesn't care. I oh, just don't it's... think that he just doesn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that he registers it. I don't think that he. It's really yeah. on that level. I mean, maybe this is worse. I don't know, but I'm like John. I think doesn't care because <laughs> between Sam and Dean, Dean's the easy one. Dean's yeah. the one he doesn't have to think about, and so. He does give more attention to Sam. He's more focused on that relationship with Sam because it's a point of consternation, you know? It's this kid he can't protect, so all of his attention's on it. Whereas the dutiful son becomes more like wallpaper, you know? It's just background noise. You don't pay it as much attention. And because of that, it couples in with, you know, he's not paying attention to the fact that Dean needs attention. He he doesn't see it because he's not looking. Yeah, but if we if we see this possession and what the yellow eyed demon is airing right now as you know on some level, John does know, and and I don't know. I think that you can argue that he he knows but doesn't acknowledge it because he doesn't have to. I mean, because that would just yeah. rock the boat. That would or not even rock the boat. It's just like like you said, another Dean's, mess he doesn't need to open. Dean's the easy one. Um, I think that. John knows that he's harsh on uh, Dean. I think that John knows that um, he's always put a lot of responsibility. The like the family's responsibility goes to Dean, um, and I think that John knows that that has affected Dean throughout his life. But um, John needs Dean 
to take on those responsibilities and yeah. and and be the good son and the and the soldier boy. So he might feel guilty, but that guilt doesn't outweigh the necessity of yeah. having Dean play that role. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 just it's very interesting to think that all of this that Azazel is saying now is you know on a, on some level coming from John, or yeah. at least from John's n- memories. Memories. Yeah, I I think that there's room for interpretation as to how demons come across their information. You know, are they reading the emotions of their victims? Are is that only a part of it? You know, are, are, do they have access to that person's memories? And they're master manipulators. You know, they have a PhD in human psychology. So there is ways to interpret the events that they have seen in the past. And, you know, the I'm, I'm thinking of Michael in season 14 when he is trying to play upon the weaknesses between Dean and Sam and Dean and Cass, where he's playing on the fears, the perceived mm-hmm. fears of um, Sam and Cass. And... You know, it's a level of interpretation going on with the person they're possessing. Mm-hmm. And so I just wonder if Azazel is using some of that to interpret rather than directly read um, John's emotional state with his sons. Oh, no, no. I, I agree that these are not John's feelings on the matter. Um, I think that he, you know, Azazel... Uh, here is trying to do as much damage to John as he is to Dean. Yeah. He's, he's hurting them both. Um, but just to think that, um, that to think of this as some sort of like retrospective and to maybe be shining a light on the things that John has so long ignored. Yeah. I could see that being a really nice, you know, thumbscrew that while he is eviscerating Dean, he's bringing to light these things that John isn't even aware of. And, you know, John's in the passenger seat. He is helpless. He has only Mm -hmm. the ability to watch and listen since that's the canon Meg gave us earlier this episode. So, you know, that could be a two for one special that Azazel is doling Mm -hmm. out. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is, yeah, yeah. Salt in the wound. Yes. All the wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean keeps up his MO. Um, he taunts Azazel about Meg and Tom, and he uses the same sort of structure that Meg and the yellow-eyed demon used where, oh, I forgot. <laughs> They're dead. Yeah. yeah. And... There are some absurd face journeys taking place at this moment. <laughs> um, do, I, do you think that do you think that Dean was just you know throwing Meg and Azazel's words back at him, or do you think that Eric Kupke wrote this episode and he just made the same joke twi- three times? <sighs> I don't think he realized how often he made that joke. If exactly. I'm going with my gut, he did not realize that that he, was what he was doing. He probably, he just thought it was clever. Yeah. He's like, God, I'm a genius. And then he writes it three times in 40 pages. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Been there. I mean, it, it happens, but whoop. <laughs> um, 
the demon starts to attack Dean psychically, um, squeezing his chest. Blood begins dripping from the wounds that we can't see, and Sam is watching this, shouting, um, and Dean is pleading for John not to let it kill him. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Don't you let it kill me. Dad, please. Yeah. Please, Dad. Uh, He's just a little kid wanting his dad to protect him. Stop it. But the blood just pours even harder. And Sam is grunting. He's struggling. His eyes are on the colt. We get the impression that he is trying to Mm -hmm. use his psychic abilities in this moment, but is just not working. And Dean, with his mouth bloody, he is left to only whisper, Dad, please. Yeah. But the onslaught continues until Dean passes out. Only then does John gain momentary control, telling the demon to stop. Yeah. Just enough control to drop um, his psychic hold on Dean and Sam, and Sam immediately dives for the colt comes up with it aimed directly at John and already Azazel is, um, has wrested that control back from John and he is taunting Sam again. Oh, you're going to, you're going to kill me. You're going to kill your father. Go ahead. Do it. Yeah. And this is the moment for Sam where his two journeys are, you know, they have Mm -hmm. dovetailed together um, he's wanted to kill this demon. He's had this really re- rocky relationship with his dad where he, you know, he hated his dad. He's only started to reconcile after all these years. And he's given an opportunity where he can finish this quest for vengeance, but it comes at the cost of his father's life. But, but we've got, we've got Dean's little princess eyes. Right, his right studio over, Ghibli tears. Right, right over John's shoulder, and and one wins out. So I think Azazel says something along the lines of, "You know, you 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 kill me, you ki- you kill your father." Sam says, "I know," and then shoots mm-hmm. him in the leg instead. Yeah, and the yellow eyed demon falls over, and Dean falls to the ground as well. And Sam goes to check on his brother and is like, oh gosh, you've lost a lot of blood. But (laughs) Dean just tells him to check on dad instead. Yeah. So Sam creeps over to where John is and John shoots awake and he says, the demon's still alive inside of him. Um, Shoot to kill. Do it now. Do it. And Dean is begging with all of his heart um, not to do it. Even as John is begging to end his life right here, right now. Yeah. You do it, Sam. Shoot me, Sammy. Don't do it, Sam. <laughs> do it, Sam. <laughs> well, Sam can't. Sam Sam makes a choice, and he cannot bring himself to shoot John, whether for himself or for Dean. I don't think we can quite say. Yeah, but we can see a change coming about in Sam and mm-hmm. it's maybe inspired by Dean. Yeah. Sam lowers the gun. Yeah. And John, he loses control that or whatever control he had over the demon inside of him because it pours out of John in this black cloud and it sinks down into the floorboards of this cabin 
and John, frustrated, um, his head falls back onto the ground, just thumps on the floor. Yeah, I think that we forgot to mention that through this all, um, uh, John is uh, fighting with the demon to hold the demon uh, long enough for Santa to finish it. Because once the demon leaves, and now the demon actually is disadvantaged. um, Yeah, the thing is slippery enough. We saw it vanish last episode. What are the odds they're going to be able to find it again, get it in a vulnerable moment? John sees those odds as slim to none. um, So this is their only chance. Take the shot. And Sam just can't do it. Yep, yep. But Azazel gets away. Yeah. As driven as Sam may be to finish this thing, um, his brother's words do, you know, hit him in the heart and he isn't able to go through with the vengeance he's been seeking so badly. Mm-hmm. The cost is too high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now we cut to the Impala and yep. Sam is driving John is in the front passenger seat and um, Dean is in the back behind Sam and slumped so far down on the seat. He's practically vertical. He is uh, looking real rough. Dean is. Yeah, that blood loss is really doing him some woozy doozy favors. And... uh, Sam is telling them both just 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 hold on the hospital is 10 minutes away uh just you know no one no one pass out on me yeah and John makes some small conversation by basically saying I'm surprised you didn't kill the demon I thought we saw eye to eye on this the demon's death comes before everything else yeah yeah and killing this demon his... comes first yes it's the most important thing that they could do. Yeah. Um, but with his eyes on the rear view mirror and Dean in this line of sight, um, Sam disagrees with that notion. He says it's not before everything. Um, and they still have one bullet. They can, but he's not able to finish the thought before smash. A truck, a, a whole tractor trailer just violently t-bones the impala and everything just changes yeah shock silence except for the radio Ugh, and it's done so well like kim manners really knew what to do for this type of scene to make it so effective because we're sitting with the camera inside the car and as the conversation you know is just going on we've been lulled into a sense of security and then there's this rapid set of lights coming towards the passenger side and then all of a sudden the glass smashes in and we have this rapid smash 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 and we transition to the outside of the vehicle where this semi is t-boning them and um they are pinned to the front of the truck and driven into the ditch. Mm-hmm. And the parting image we see is 
this truck driver stalks still, still inside the cab of this semi. Um, the eyes are black. The song is playing. And Sam, Dean, and John are unconscious inside the Impala. Their fates to be revealed. The final scene of the first season. I feel sorry for those suckers that had to wait a whole eight months. Oh my god. And like, what a twist. Because you think that they got out of the most dangerous situation we've seen them in so far. Um, that they're in the home stretch to the hospital when psych, you are in a worse situation than ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is the song playing on the radio that we Bad end in this? Bad Moon qu- Rising. Bad Moon Rising. You know what's really Credence fucking Clearwater Revival. You know what's really fucking funny? The song that they're playing is about like the backwater rising. <laughs> oh my god they're like we're gonna get as close as we can i don't know what's gonna come oh my god it's got nothing on so don't come around tonight it's bound to take your life there's a bad moon on the rise yeah <laughs> oh it's so good people please watch it with the original soundtrack because it's worth it it's better than Backwater rising. Don't know what's coming for you. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm not here for that. Sorry. (laughs) And did you know... Okay, so this whole final bit where the semi smacks into the Impala. um, Initially, they had planned it so that this um, air cannon would go off underneath the Impala and it would do all of these like horrendous flips. Like it would be fucking total. Just roll, 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 smash. Um, And when it came time to actually film it, they only really had the capability of doing the stunt once. So um, the car was winched with the semi And when it came time for the semi to hit the Impala, um, the Impala stayed lodged on the front of the semi. Like the air gun went off. It pounded a hole in the concrete, in the asphalt. Um, But the Impala did not flip. It was pinned there. And the stuntman who was driving um, realized that... You know, okay, this isn't going as expected. The truck started fishtailing and it was like driving over this little plywood bridge that they built for the fucking scene. And they're like, oh my God, like Kim Manners was like, this bridge is going to give out. We're going to have one hell of a mess here. But the stunt driver handled the crossing and then when they were losing control of the semi, made the decision to steer towards the camera. And then that's where we get that final shot in the cut to black. Where they go off the road and into the ditch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was completely not how it was scripted. It was just the way it played out Mm -hmm. with their one shot at it. And I'm like, wow. Like, it could have been really fucked if, you know, Kim Manners didn't have the cameras where he did. And the stunt driver did not have such good instincts to respond to the scene going unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would have just had the bam and then cut to black. 
basically. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But it turned out really well. And, like, both Jared and Jensen were like, I'm I'm bringing my video camera. Because this is before phones had fucking cameras in them. <laughs> I'm bringing my video camera to record this because it's so cool that we're doing this. And then it's just <laughs> a happy accident how it actually plays out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a fun fact for you. I love the fun facts. Are there? Did the other seasons have companion books? <laughs> I have companion books up to season seven inclusive. So what? I yep. I didn't actually expect you to have others. I thought it was just for season one. No, I was a slightly obsessive person when I picked them up, so I made sure I got as many as existed, and they nice. stopped existing after season seven, unfortunately, because I would kill to have some background knowledge about, like, season nine, season ten, what uh-huh. have you, so. So it is, um, but there'll be plenty to come for fun facts from me. Nice. Maybe the later seasons have DVD extras. Yes. Yeah, they're like, we're, we're going to stop killing trees and we're going to start killing <laughs> blue rays. Yes. <laughs> so here we are, Remy. What do you That's think? That's it. I think that, um, gosh, you know, if I have a final takeaway, I think that this episode had me very, like, supernatural nostalgic. It brought me on some winding roads on, you know, where we are here, season one, and where we're going with the rest of all of Supernatural. And there were just, there were just moments, these little moments with Bobby, with the Americana piano theme, um, mm-hmm. where... I got really touched that, you know, this is, this is so early supernatural and it's just been with us for so long. And, um, it's really been special to be watching this season one together and revisiting all these things. So, yeah, it's been fun again, beating this horse to death, but seeing (laughs) the foundation, seeing how they're setting things up and like, Kripke kind of disparaging the fact that we did something unusual for a finale. Like, it's not very action-packed. It's mostly, you know, people standing in rooms talking to each other. Hmm. But the fact that that's the finale and that's where the instinct is, it's like, that's the strength of the show. And I don't know if it's really recognized yet that that's what makes it really special. But... Um, in the same way we're wondering, you know, does the yellow-eyed demon or does John have these thoughts consciously about Sam versus Dean or is it just instinctual? Um, the showrunner and the cast and crew, it's all still sort of instincts that are guiding them towards this story that they didn't realize they were telling. And it's really cool to see them lean in rather than try and take the reins and force this story to go where they think it ought to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what got me about this 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 episode. It's like so much about this episode was is just so core supernatural in season one and it's core supernatural to season three and four and eight and 10 and 13 and 15. Mm -hmm. We keep it all the way through and we are, and, and these are the foundations of it all. 
and it sure as heck helps that this is a great episode i mean yeah yeah this is one of the strongest finales the show has like it just gives you everything you want and leaves you wanting more Mm -hmm. yeah my takeaway is pretty similar to yours and like it it is Americana. It is seeing Bobby. It is seeing these seeds that have been planted and seeing where they're going to go. And it is the fact that as the finale, they chose to have lots of people standing in rooms talking mm-hmm. and digging into the characters in ways that are painful for them, but also really revealing and excellent fodder for future episodes. Like that bit in the cabin is so well done. I just love it. I love how hopeless it seems for them. And when given the opportunity to escape the situation and, you know, finish it, put the nail in the coffin, Um, They can't do it because family is more important than getting the demon out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that I said much on it when we were talking about it, but honestly, that moment there in the cabin with Sam, Dean, John, is which way is Sam going to go? That was the accumulation of the whole season. Mm-hmm. That was the climax moment of everything that we've been building up to. Um, and I think they did a good job with it. They did it right. They they made you feel it. Yeah. So kudos. Yeah. Good job, guys. Like you you were cheering for Sam when he when he cho- when he let it go enough to or it was growth. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a disappointment. It was, you felt his struggle, you felt his turmoil, and then you felt the fact that it was him connecting to his brother. It was him yeah. connecting to Dean and throwing off this this shackle that he's placed on himself, this revenge at all costs. Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't shake it off, he's just John Jr. Like, he's going to... repeat the same cycle and it's really satisfying to see characters throw off those chains and become something new become something better than what they could be apps absolutely exactly that well put oh love it and also it doesn't hurt that dean's crying and bloody and (laughs) injured and i'm like yes good i like this next oh boy oh i am a simple person be next episode yeah next episode will kill us i'm very excited to talk about it are we done i think we're done (laughs) i think i mean on that note we are finished with season one yay we made it yay we made it This, this was season one episode 22 devil's trap and next we will be talking about season two episode one in my time of dying yes also a banger a plus again we're doing really good premieres and finales very excited for it we will be picking up season two after a short break uh we are going to take a one week maybe two week break but then we will be right back uh rolling around rolling along so 
we hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and this season one with us as we just have, you know, (laughs) gone into detail over how much fun we have had. So hope you guys have enjoyed Mm -hmm. as well. Yes, it's been a blast getting through this. And I know we took longer than we thought that we would, but we thank you guys for your patience and hope that you stay with us as we continue on through the next season. Yeah. Yeah. So hit us up. Tell us if you have had any strong season one feelings like we have had. We would love to hear them. And we will see you guys next time. See you soon. Yeah, see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.